Today we're going to talk about lamenting, what it is and how do we lament, why we lament, and what happens when we lament. So let's pray, and we're going to talk about this. Father, I do pray. I pray today that we all get something from you today. Father, that we hear your voice, your voice of reason, your voice of truth, even your voice of comfort today. And, and, and I specifically pray for those who are really, really struggling in this season, that, that today they would find a help that comes from you that would change everything. Holy Spirit, please speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lamenting. In seasons of sorrow, in seasons of darkness, as Christians, God has given us this tool, this element of Christendom that we can experience with him called lamenting. Uh, One writer says, the Bible is filled with this song of sorrow. Over a third of the Psalms are laments. The book of Lamentations weeps over the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus lamented in the final hours of his life. Lament is so much more than crying. Watch this. Because lament is actually a form of prayer. It is more than just the expression of sorrow or the venting of emotion. Lament talks to God about pain. And it has a unique purpose, and that purpose is trust. It is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations, and sorrows for the purpose of helping us renew our confidence in God. Did you get that? Lamenting. It's a very important part of the Christian life, but I'll be honest with you, and and I've been a Christian well over 30 years, and I have never considered this concept of lamenting until we started talking about this message. I mean, I read about lamenting and lamentations. We read through the one-year Bible, we see lamentations, lament. I never really connected the dots on this. And so this is fresh to me. So I'm assuming it's fresh to you. And this is going to change everything. This is going to change everything in the process of going through these seasons of life. As a believer, God has given us this concept to connect with him. This song that we sang alludes to the exile of the nation of Israel. The Babylonians had come in and they had attacked and besieged the cities, Jerusalem and all the other cities in Judea. And the people of Israel, they were, they were taken captive. Can you imagine just for a moment being besieged by a foreign nation that came in and captured us and they took away everything of value? They took away our money, our our precious things in life, everything we needed to sustain life. They had taken away our children. That's what happened here. The Babylonians took away the young people. When you read the book of Daniel, Daniel and his young friends, they were princes. They were good-looking young men. Some of you in here today, good-looking young men, you're gone. You've taken away. The, The Babylonians took them away into captivity. They used them in their different cities around the world as a world superpower, and they left this nation of Israel with with no hope. They left them with just a mess. They raised over their lands and destroyed their crops. They tore down their city walls, which represented their protection. They destroyed their their worship houses and, and the temple. They destroyed all these elements of life that 
that, that were their very identity. Can you imagine being destroyed in such a way? That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel in their exile. And it left them with sorrow, with deep frustration. It left them with a pain that's hard to describe. They were desolated. And for us today, death still snatches away. Disease still makes us miserable. Calamity still strikes. Satan is still prowling. Flesh still wars against our spirit. And sin still indwells. We still have things today that leave us desolate, broken, oftentimes hopeless, and in great pain. We all have reasons to lament in different seasons of life, and particularly those fall, winter seasons of life. So how do we do this properly? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that with you today. I'm going to use the book of Psalms chapter 13 today because I believe the writer, this is a lament from the writer, whether it was David or someone he assigned to do this. This was, this was a lament that was, I believe, meant to help us, to instruct us, to give us some some guidance on how to deal with those seasons of life that are just so painful. So when you're in those seasons, and, and if that's you here today, this is it. You hope you're taking notes. If you're not, if you're not in this season of life today, you're going to be one day. Let me just tell you that. So you might want to take some notes too. But start with this. Start with this. Psalm 13, chapter 13, verse 1 says this. It says, How long, O Lord? Interestingly, the song that we just sang. Uh, uh, o is the first word in each of those verses. O, you can feel it if you sing it. O, it's deep. It's coming from within. It's crying out to God. And the first step in lamenting in this process, this special prayer to God, is lamenting begins by turning to God. Turning to God. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me. Oh, Lord, we must turn to God. Let, let me ask you a question. When you're in pain, when you're struggling, when you're, oh, you're just, it's heavy. It's heavy in your life. What do you turn to? Are you like so many that we, we turn to things that help us escape the reality of our pain? And that's what many people do. And oftentimes we think, oh, I can't believe they did that, but I believe they did that because they're trying to get out from under that heaviness, that pain that they don't want to deal with anymore. And that, that might be you. That might be you online. You, you, you go, you, we resort to things like, well, for some alcohol, for some drugs, for some it's, it's maybe pornography or things like that. For some, for some, watch it, it's swiping a card or, or going on, literally going on Amazon and buying stuff. And just when you hit, when you hit, yes, complete that sale. When you hit, yes, send it to me. Yes, I need it now. Yes. Oh, there's a, there's a, oh, there's a little, there's a little relief. There's a little, ah, oh, escape from the reality of the pain that, that lingers. What do you turn to? What is it? What's your go-to? And, and crazy thing is, most people in this room today, most people watching online, we have a go-to. We have a way of, of escape. 
a place that helps to numb us from the pain, the reality. But lamenting is a prayer that causes us to turn to God, not to self, not to things of this world, but turn to God. Lamenting is turning towards God when sorrow tempts you to run from him. It seems so elementary, doesn't it? If you're thinking that same thought right now, it's probably because you're not facing a constant sorrow. But those of you, you, you feel me, those of you that are facing a constant sorrow in your life, it's not that easy to turn to God. But let me encourage you today, that is your first step. We turn to God. Number two, number two, lamenting is not only turning to God, but it's then choosing to bring our pain to God. That's a whole other level. In verse 2 of the psalm, it says, How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? There's something about coming clean. There's something about admitting that we have a pain, even to God, that, well, I said this word earlier, but it's, it's, so, it's so real. It, it, there's a vulnerability even to God that we resist, that we, we avoid. Maybe it's because we don't think he'll understand. Isn't that crazy that we would even think that? But, but, but it's true. But, or maybe, maybe it's just that we think he's too busy. Maybe it's just we, we, we don't want the shame that's attached to that. If you go back in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they put on some fig leaves to cover their nakedness. They were ashamed. And we're, we're, we're no different. Oftentimes, we, we try to cover ourselves. So we don't want to bring our pain to God. We want to be strong. We want to be that strong super Christian. Look at me. Whoop, super Christian. I got this all together, but God knows better. He knows better. The thing is, lamenting and turning to God and bringing our pain to God is the process that heals us. And yet, it's the process we oftentimes avoid. Biblical lamenting acknowledges pain. It does not ignore the questions that come with it. Okay, if I go to God with this, what what will come of that? The frustrations that we have with this life, do we think that God won't understand our frustration? He won't understand our pain? Do we think if we go to God and raise our voice and with all due respect, God, and cry out to Him, do we think that He won't understand? Why do we avoid God? Why do we go to everything else? Even the, the hairdresser and the barber and, 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 and the lady on aisle six that we don't even know down at the Walmart. Why do we tell everybody about our pain, especially on Facebook? I'm going to tell everybody about my pain and about the frustrations I have in life. I'm just going to let them have it. There we go. I feel better now. I feel better now, but you don't. Oh, maybe for about an hour. But you know what I'm saying? And the, the one that we should bring our pain to, we avoid Actually, the practice of lamenting is one of the most theological things you can do. To go to God and be honest about your pain and about your constant sorrow. So we turn to God. We bring our pain to God. And then we boldly ask God for help. Some of you are like, this is too simple, but I'm going to tell you, it's It's profound. We ask God for help. The psalmist in verse 3 says, Consider and answer me, 
Oh, Lord, my God. Consider, God. Again, it's another step towards vulnerability. God, would you consider that, that this pain is unbearable? Would you consider that I don't feel like this is fair? This suffering, this loss, this hurt, I, 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 I don't feel like it's fair, God. Would you consider helping me, God? Would you even consider, I'm reminded of a story in the Bible where Jesus was passing the pool at Bethesda and there was a lame man there, a crippled man, and, and Jesus actually presented to him and said, would you like to be healed? And the, the, the crippled man said, like, would you? Imagine, imagine he, he lifted his hands up like this and said, would you? Like, why would you? I don't imagine you would do that. Well, why would anybody? It, it doesn't reason. It doesn't make sense. And I think that's how we approach God with our pain too often. It's like, why would I ask God for help? I mean, why would he help me? I mean, I know me. Everybody knows me. I'm not worthy. Uh-oh. I mean, that's reserved for certain special people, not me. Not, so I'm not even going to go to him. Yet lamenting is going to God, presenting our pain, and asking God for help. This is actually an act of faith. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, over and over again, it tells us that the just, that's us who've been justified, the just shall live by faith. And then when we're presented with a predicament that's so overwhelming in our lives and a heaviness and a, a sorrow, we don't exercise faith. We don't believe God can or will. And this is tricky because I know some of you are saying, well, I do believe, but you don't do it, so I don't believe you. Faith is an action step where we bring our pain to God and we cry to him and we, we release a faith in him that says, God, you can change this. You can help me and I believe you will. Oh, talk about vulnerability. Because you know what? What if he doesn't? What, what embarrassment then, right? Because I told mom and them that, that I did this, and then God doesn't. And now look, they're looking at me going, yeah, look at you. You're a loser, L-O-S-E-R. You know, and it's like I'm not going to put myself in that position. I'm not going to exercise faith. <laughs> I'm just going to carry my pain. Y'all leave me alone. It's an act of faith where we recognize that God is the source of our help, and I need his help. Now, let me meddle a little bit with you, because for whatever reason, and we see this over and over again, but for whatever reason, God does help us, and he does help us directly, but oftentimes God uses people to help us. This is a whole other level of vulnerability now. Because that means that we need relationships with one another. Earlier today, I put you to the test, and I said, stand up and get some hot chocolate and cookies. And some of you refused to do that. 
Yeah, I watched you. Oh, yeah. I watched you because I wanted to know, and I, I, it was, I was right. And, and, and I love you, so I'm, I'm, being, I'm being honest with you because I love you. But, but your refusal to engage people, to be vulnerable in relationships within the body of Christ, the people of God, your refusal to be vulnerable with people is circumventing, circumventing an act of faith that's in the process of lamenting. You need the people of God, just like you need God. It's part of the package. It's part of his process. We need one another. One of the things we do here, and, and uh, Pastor Man, you started this years and years ago, and Pastor Jordan and the team, we've continued this and poured our, poured our blood, sweat, and tears into is, is to develop groups Small groups here at, at NC on all of our locations, and we have a variety of types of groups, but men's groups, women's groups, you know, grief share groups. We have, we have study groups, Bible study groups. We have sermon-based groups. We have freedom groups. We have groups, groups, groups where we sit in circles, right? Instead of looking at the back of someone's head that you will never know, we sit in circles where you're forced to look at someone's face, where you, you get to hear their story and you get to share your story and there's a vulnerability and there's a connection, there's a relationship, the dynamic that takes place. And, and many of you have refused, you've rejected the idea of getting in groups. And I understand why, because you're in this process. You, you don't want to be vulnerable and I get that. It's safer, right? Isn't it safer when you're not vulnerable, when you protect yourself, when you guard yourself, when you hide from people? I get that. I get it. And I've been that guy. So I do understand. But God's calling you out of that today. And he's saying, no, no, no. Part of my process is the relationships that I've provided for you in the church. Other vulnerable men and women. We're all imperfect people. And God in his infinite wisdom has chosen to use us. Interesting, the Bible says, the Bible says this, confess your sins to God and he will forgive you. And then it goes on to say, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. Part of the lamenting process, the part of the healing process is going to be confessing your fears to another human being. Confessing your struggle. Now, now, now I'm not taking away the the weight or the value of confessing it to God, but God oftentimes moves through people. In the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12, it says this in verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And it's instruction to the church, to the body of Christ on how we are to care for one another in vulnerable, intimate relationships. But all too often, we... Resist those vulnerable, intimate relationships. And so we never see the benefit of having someone there to hear us out when we cry, Oh, Lord, this is tough. No one there to encourage us, no one there to lift us up, no one there to, 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 to pray with us or to support us. And I, I know, maybe you've been hurt. By people, you you maybe you 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 were in a church one time where you got hurt, and I get it, I get it. The the knee jerk reaction is to say, "Not next time, no, 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 I'm not, I'm no, never again." You know, I, I I understand. That's why this is an act of faith, because <laughs> it's calling you to 
to overcome the rejection. Jesus was despised. His beard was plucked out. He was spat upon and mocked. He was stripped naked and hung on a tree and mocked by all the people. And you know what? He was up there saying, I love you enough to do this. He was rejected. You've been rejected, and yet God's calling you past that rejection. Because your healing lies in the context of vulnerability. It's part of the lamenting process. We turn to God. We share with him our pain. We boldly ask God for help. And the fourth thing, the final thing, lamenting chooses to trust God. Again, it seems so basic, so elemental. This is so hard. This is like climbing a huge mountain. Psalmist in in Psalm 13, 5, it says, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. Yeah, I try to put myself in the shoes of this guy writing this psalm in context of things I've been through, things we've been through in life, right? Things I've witnessed others go through. And, you know, to write something like this, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. I'm not sure that it's a comment about where I've been or a comment where I would like to have been. You know, it's almost like a faith statement. Maybe I haven't, but by golly, I'm standing on this idea that I'm going to trust in you, God. It's the right thing to do. I'm going to trust in you, God. I don't even know how to trust in you, God. I don't, even know, I don't even know what the consequences of trusting in you are, God. But I know it's right. I know by faith in God, I know I've got to do this. I've got to put my trust in God. The final phase of lamenting is trusting that God's got this. Choosing to trust God. It says, I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I'm going to trust God even during the struggle, even in the overwhelming pain and, and despair and sorrow. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put my faith in him and I'm going to confess truth over my life. God deals bountifully with me. God deals bountifully with me. God loves me. God is on my side, and if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm going to trust in God no matter what I see, no matter what I feel. Come on. Because them feelings will get us in deep trouble. I'm going to stick with truth. What is truth? Truth is what the Word of God says. Interestingly here, the psalmist refers to the joy of your salvation. I was talking to Angela on the way down, and actually, I had not, this is not my notes. I just was like, yes, this is, I got I to gotta say this today because there's something about the joy of your salvation. You know, you, you, you that are saved in the room today, you're born again. You're sealed by the presence of the Holy Spirit unto a day of salvation, a guarantee you're going to cross the finish line. He's here today to say, you know what, what's promised you? is going to come about, and I'm here to guarantee that. Now, come on. And so here we are rejoicing in our salvation. I may not feel good today. I may not be in a season of joy today in, in, in the world's perspective, but I will tell you this. My joy is not in what I feel. My joy is not in my experiences. My joy is not in my today. My joy is in my salvation. 
I know where my eternity lies. I know that I'm going to spend forever with Jesus. There's rejoicing in that. Sometimes there's a phrase. There's a phrase that, that it eludes all of us, but I'm going to pretend I know what it means. But don't cry over spilt milk. It's this phrase that we hear all the time, right? And some of you know what that means because you've spilled some milk. But, but there's this thing of focusing on what's happening that can certainly distract us from what is going to happen. And so often in life, we're so wallowing in our troubles that we cannot see what's going to happen on the other side. What, what's it going to look like when I'm out of my troubles? And, and, and there again, that's why we need one another, because if you've been through it and you're past it, you're on the other side, you need to be talking to the ones who are in it. We need one another to say, listen, I've been there, buddy. I've been there. I've been in your shoes, and you are going to make it. I made it. God was faithful for me. He's been faithful for others, and he will be faithful for you. You're going to make it. Hang in there. Hold on. And we encourage one another. But so often we get, we get caught up in the now. We can't see what's to come. And it's so, it's so difficult to see that my salvation... Eternity is a lot longer than this present life. And the goodness that lies in eternity is so different than the pain and suffering that we face in this life. Okay, so what I'm saying, and this is, what I'm saying is you may not come out of the sorrow in this life. I'm going to tell you what, it ain't going to matter in heaven. It ain't going to matter on the other side. Y'all, y'all, and this, 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 is, this is some faith talking, but I'm going to tell you what, I believe this, that God is that good, and his promises are yes and amen. And we, on the other side, we're going to be celebrating, and I don't even know that we will remember the pain of this life. Because the Bible says there is no more pain. There is no more suffering. There is no more tears on the other side. So I'm not sure that we're going to sit around and talk about the sorrows of this life. I'm not sure that that will be even on the radar. I'm not sure that we won't be so busy rejoicing around the King of kings and the Lord of lords that this life will even matter. Now, I don't want to swing the pendulum too far because I, I do believe that, but I also believe God does come through in this life. But oftentimes, He doesn't come through in our timing because He wants the pain to do its work in us. He wants us to turn from our selfishness and put our faith in Him. He wants us to rejoice in our salvation. And that's a heavy thought. Some of you, you're not there. And you're still sorrowful and you're still struggling and, 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 and that's okay. But I'm going to tell you, that's not, that's not where you're supposed to stay. So hear, hear it today. You're supposed to walk through. You're supposed to trust in God. You're supposed to say, God, I'm going to trust you. This is, this is a big thought.
but I've often wondered, it, the reason I don't have joy in this moment is it because I don't trust God. Trusting in God is the beginning of joy because it takes it off of me. It takes the responsibility for fixing the stuff off of me. Now, there's great joy in that in and of itself. But it says, I trust you, God. I trust you. With whatever this heaviness is, whatever the struggle is. The psalmist here says, it says immediately turns to confessing truth. I have trusted, I shall rejoice, I will sing because he has dealt bountifully with me. Lamenting moves us to renew our commitment to trust in God as we navigate the brokenness of life. Lamenting this prayer moves us from selfishness, from overwhelmed sorrow to a place of trusting in God. A couple of questions I'll leave you with today. Number one, am I fearful to bring my pain to God? And number two, do I trust God's character enough to trust him with my pain? I have one more fun scripture I believe we'll, we'll part with today. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, it says in verse 17, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Boy, that sounds like a bad season of life right there. The writer says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God is the Lord and is my strength. I'm going to tell you, when nothing makes sense, when troubles seem more than you can bear, remember that God gives us strength. Take your eyes off of your difficulties and look to God. Amen? Take your eyes off yourself and look to your help, and that is Jesus. At the proper time, God will bring about his justice, whether that's in this life or the next. God knows, and he will. He is faithful. And he will completely rid the world of evil. In the meantime, God's people need to live in the strength of his spirit, confident in his ultimate victory over evil. God's people are different. God's people are different. Why don't you stand to your feet right now? We're going to sing one more song before we go today. It's actually a song we've already sang today. Uh, we're, we're going to sing about the way maker, the one who makes a way. And in this moment, I want to give you the opportunity or create an opportunity for each one of us to rise up in faith. Now, if you're on the mountaintop today, maybe you ought to be praying for those around you that are in the valley. But if you're in the valley today, this is your moment. This is your moment of reason, this moment of reality where you get to say, you know what? It doesn't make sense and I don't understand it, but God, I'm going to trust you today because you are the way maker. Even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. This is an opportunity for us to express faith in our God. If that's you today, come on, everybody, just kind of get along with God right where you're at. If you're in that valley today, come on, just maybe lift a hand or lift your hands right now as a sign of faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift our hands. We're, we're crying out to you. We're calling out to God. We're turning to you, God. We're shaking off the, the, the insecurities and we're being vulnerable to you, God. And we're saying, God, we have pain. We have pain. And we bring that pain to you, God, today. 
It seems unbearable. It seems unfair. It seems unjust. But God, it doesn't matter. We're keeping our eyes on you. and We're bringing that pain to you right now. Come on, bring it to him. Bring it to him today. Come on in faith. God, we bring you this pain. And we're asking, oh God, we're crying out, oh God, that you would give us relief. Come on, pray for yourself. Pray for that person next to you. Pray for someone around you. God, that you would bring us relief, that you would bring us relief. We are putting our trust in you. We are renewing our faith and trust in you today. We're saying, God, that even though this hurts, even though it's it's unbearable in ourselves, we're relying on your strength and we're crying out to you today, God. And we're believing, God, that you are the way maker. You are the one who brings us through. We're going to trust in our salvation. And we're not going to allow the calamities of this world to keep us from our God. We run to you, not from you. Oh, God, we pray for those around us right now. Those who are left and right, we pray right now, Father, that we, we would be lifted up together as a body of Christ. That those even online in their living rooms that are crying out to you, God, that they be lifted up by the very hand of God and encouraged by your Spirit. Oh, Spirit of God, would you move on us today and revive a strength in us to live our lives for Jesus, to live our lives confident in the one who is for us, confident in the one who promised us eternity with him. God, we pray today for those around us, God, that we, the body of Christ, would pull together and rise up in faith, as one voice celebrating the King of Kings who has overcome so that we could overcome. You overcame Jesus so that we could overcome and we put our confidence in that, in you. In you, Jesus. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.